Um, my name is Blair, for those that don't know me. I'm, I'm part of the staff here at the Vine Baptist Church. And we're going to mix things up a little bit tonight. So we're going to actually go straight into the message, but don't freak out, okay? We're going to have announcements later on. I know some people are really itching for them. Um, but yeah, no, we're going to get to that a little bit later. We are just wanting to be checking in with the Lord and just to be making sure uh, that we are not just stuck in routine of doing things, but we are here passionately available to Christ and our heart is for everyone here. Can we get some lights on, please? I can't see anyone. Um, and I really need some interaction here. Um, thanks, Bella. Um, we are so passionate about everyone here actually stepping into that deeper relationship with Christ. Uh, so we're just checking in with that again, saying, Lord, are you wanting to do something different? But uh, as, we are, as I am going to share tonight, I would really love to encourage every one of us here to be going through the Bible yourselves. Uh, don't just sit there and listen. That what, I, what I have to share with you tonight, I am extremely passionate about, and I really believe that this is a message for our church tonight. And so I want to encourage you to not just look at this as something, a message that God has put directly for you, but a message that God has put on for everyone here uh, in, this, in this congregation. So really want to be encouraging us to have our church in mind as we do that. So please turn to your, uh, in your Bibles um, to Mark chapter 16. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to have to explain a little bit about this passage in a little bit, but I want to really encourage you to uh, just focus in, get really intentional with what we're doing now. Uh, don't just come through the routine of another Sunday night. I uh, just listen to a message and then go home. Guys, I just really want you to hear my heart. Hear this message. Uh, it's really important. And I'm really pumped that we are actually looking at this together as a church. Now, we're going to be looking tonight uh, from Mark 16, from verse 9 to 20. So if you look in your Bibles, you're going to see a little note here uh, in your Bibles. Most, most Bibles, every Bible should have it, I think. Uh, in, at the beginning of verse 9, just before verse 9, it actually says, the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient verses do not have verses 9 to 20. So that's a little bit of a weird and odd thing to see in your Bible, but I just need to explain that really quickly and, and why this is actually here. So there's a few theories of who actually put this in the book of Mark, okay? So I was not completely sure on who actually put this in there. So I'm just going to go through these theories really quickly so this doesn't trip us up. Some people believe that the book of Mark actually ended at the end of verse 8, okay? So which is a pretty crazy ending to the book. So what happens up until now is Jesus is crucified. He's taken to the cross. He's crucified. He's buried. Uh, the two Marys go down to the tomb. They see an angel there. He's like, what's up, girls? Jesus isn't here. He's risen. Go, he's gone to Galilee. Go tell everyone about it. They freak out and they bolt, they turn, they go, they don't tell anyone, they just go and that's it. That's the end of the book of Mark. So that's a bit crazy. So some people believe that this is uh, possibly the early church is saying, bruh, you've missed out this whole passage here. You need to put this in as a really crucial part. So they, uh, the people believe that the early church might have put that in there just to fill in the gap or that it was actually Mark himself at a later age. Okay, so later on in life, he's like, need to put this in there because this is crucial to the message that I'm trying to bring across. Um, it's a little bit of different language. This is why there's so much debate about who actually wrote this. Or um, the, uh, another theory is that the original ending to the book of Mark was actually lost. And so the early church, most likely those that knew Mark, uh, tried to fill in the gap as like, this was pretty much what was, what was in there. Now, I have complete confidence in sharing from this passage with you tonight because there is nothing in this passage that contradicts anywhere else other, uh, in Scripture, all right? So it's, it backs up everything that's in all the other Gospels and everything like that. And it's a pretty full-on passage. Uh, so it's pretty cool. When I first heard, uh, got given the passage to read from, I'm like, hot dang, 
This is some good stuff. There's a lot in here. Um, but it's, it's not in terms of length, but in terms of meatiness. And this is why I'm so pumped, guys. Like, I'm going to say this 50 times tonight. You're going to love it. But I'm really pumped about us exploring this, to, to, to be asking the question, what was so important for someone to add this in? Whether it was the early church or Mark himself, there's something so important about this that we need to look into. And that's what I'm pumped about. So let's stop talking about it and get into it. Mark uh, chapter 16, verse 9. When Jesus rose on the, on the first day of the, of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe it e- them either. Later, Jesus had appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes in baptism will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and then when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Now there's some real Steve Irwin stuff happening in here and I think we need to be really exploring like what is the point of this passage? There's so many things in here, like I said, that could just take us off into all these different directions. And as a Generations team know, I'm a very big picture person and so this passage for me just does nightmares because my brain goes everywhere. But I do have notes, so we'll see if they help or not, but I'm sure they might. Um, but and this is something as well. We, we look at the Great Commission. We've, we've heard this story a thousand times. We, we know this story so well. And this is a great time for us to check as a church, as individuals, how are we going? Where are we going? But also as a church, how are we actually going? And what are we doing? What, is, what are we doing here? And what are we doing when we leave this place? So this is going to be great. And when I, when I first became a Christian, and, and time frames are useless for me. I never know, but I'm going to throw something out. About 18 or 19 years old, it's probably yesterday, but um, about, I gave my life to Christ about 18 or 19 uh, years old. And in that moment, my life was radically changed. Like seriously, it was, I was filled with this understanding that what Jesus had done on the cross was no longer just a story. And it freaked me out. I was like, no, no, like, it didn't just freak me out on the reality of, of him going to the cross. It was actually, no, no, that was real. Heaven is real and hell is real. That freaked me out. But it freaked me out because all these people that I knew, I knew the destination that they were going. I was like, no, this is so urgent. The urgent of this good news of what Jesus Christ had done to the cross, uh, Jesus Christ had done on the cross, taking our sin, put it on himself and been through all of that for us, that was so real. And I couldn't just hear this as a story and and move on with my life. And so I, oh, I still laugh at this. I, I, was, I was super pumped up, right? I was bricklaying at the time. 
And I went, I went to, um, to a job site. And you know when you're alone and you get this idea in your head and you just build it up and you're so on fire. You're like, I'm going to change the freaking world. And you're just so excited because you've got this message planned out in your head. And you know, like, oh, all these people are going to give their lives to Christ. It's going to be amazing. And then you get out of the car. You're like, I'm freaking out. So you hop back in and you try and calm down a bit. And you try and think a bit more realistic. And that was what happened. And I, I, I was, I, but the urgency was still there. I'm like, these guys need to know. So I was going about my day. And I was casual, I was real casual, real cool. And uh, it went up to my, my workmates and was like, so what do you guys think about God? And they didn't know I was a Christian at this point. And um, anyway, I got a few mixed responses. It was interesting. Now, these guys were not your typical churchgoers uh, on the job site. Um, the conversation, you know, it escalated a little bit. Um, I had another mate of mine actually doing the plastering work on that same job site. He had no idea what we were talking about, but he thought we were actually going to punch on. So I was very passionate, you could say, um, and I have no idea what happened. It just got away from me, the conversation. But the point was um, that I was so convinced of what, what had happened in my life. I was so convinced of the urgency of this good news that I, like, when they weren't getting it, I'm like, are you stupid? Like, You've got to see how real this is. I'm not playing games here. I'm not just trying to tell you this nice fairy tale. Like, You need to see what's actually happened in my life and you need to know the reality of where you're going. This is real stuff. So that was my first missions experience. It was great. We all had a fantastic time. Um, but that was it. And, but the urgency was so real. It wasn't long after this, actually, that um, life just got crazy. Life just hurt. Uh, a few things were happening in my life and uh, just, just different things going on in normal life that really started to hurt. And it was really confusing because in my eyes, I was like, I became a Christian. What am I doing like what's, what's happening? I don't struggle when I'm a Christian, right? Because life is meant to be easy now. Um, but life was really hard. And I, I started taking my eyes off God and the, the urgency of what Jesus had done. And I took my eyes onto my situation. And I'm just like, this sucks. Like life is just too hard. And I, I just, the urgency here was just disappearing. And so uh, my brother was actually overseeing the youth ministry at the time. And so I went, uh, I went along, uh, I was just helping. Uh, you would not have wanted me as a leader. So I was just helping uh, at that point. And I started to attend church uh, fairly regularly. And uh, this was a real growing point for me, okay? Because one, I, was in, I, started, I came into this very, uh, what do you call it, caring place, I guess, you know, where there's a lot of grace there. So if you mess up, which I did a lot, there's grace there, okay? People are going to pick you up. It's all right, dust you off. Let's keep going. But I was able to be stretched, be stretched in a safe place. You know, it was church. It was full of people. So it was full of hurt and confusion and all that sort of stuff too. But it was a really safe place for me to grow. Um, and it was amazing, actually, because in that time, it was so, uh, the thing that impacted me the most, I actually started seeing my faith beyond myself. And it wasn't, I wasn't just attending church or I wasn't just doing these things for my own things. It was actually, wait, there's other people in the room, you know? And it was a really challenging time. But it, during that time as well, it was like, it became really comfortable and it's safe here. I don't have to worry about it. I became the joke on the job site pretty much from that first day. Um, from sharing about my faith and my passion, it was comfortable here. You know, I, I can grow, I can be stretched, but I don't have to worry about all that stuff out there because I'm, I'm safe here. And I got distracted um, and I became very comfortable in where I was. 
And I look at the situation, and not to compare my situation with what we see here, because it's not the same at all, but I look at the situation of the disciples, and, and I see something similar. I mean, they've just spent years with God on earth, right, following Him, seeing all these miraculous things. This, they loved Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ loved them, this relationship, this wonder, all the things that they were seeing was absolutely amazing. And then they just saw Him crucified. I mean, crucifixion is brutal. Like, it's insane. It's not something that you just sort of like, oh, that sucks. Like, that is really intense things that they just saw their Messiah go through. And then now he's gone. Like, the, the, Jesus told them that he's going to rise again. He told them all these things were happening. But the reality of it, it's so much easier to look back from this and be like, guys, wake up. What are you doing? You got some stuff to do. But if you were in that situation yourself, like, man, I'd be messed up. I would be so confused of what is going on. They were grieving, they were weeping. And it was like, they're just distracted. You know, I kind of give them credit for it. I mean, they're going through a lot of stuff. And when Jesus comes down, and I love this, and this is just so important, when Jesus comes back to them, he says, he pretty much, he just says, you let yourselves get distracted. You didn't listen. You didn't look for the signs that I sent you. You, you focus on the situation around you. And you, the thing is, you got yourself distracted of what I just did. You know what I mean? I just went through all of that. Sometimes you just want to slap people. I just went through all of that. What are you doing sitting here whinging about it? Go and do something. But it's, it's seriously, he's just coming. He's like, no, no, you let yourselves get distracted. But enough is enough because this is what needs to go out. What I've just done you need to get up. You need to go. You need to, to share this news to the world because that was the point of it. It's for people to know what I've done on this day, well, three days ago. Um, and I think that's something that we, again, this, is, this passage is an amazing check, checkpoint for us. And this is where you need to be checking in with yourself. We, we need to be checking in as, as a church. Have you or have we been distracted? Now, we go through many different seasons in life, uh, a season of confusion. Yeah, we've just been through that as a church, a very confusing season, right? Uh, are we going through a season of fear, hurt, uh, busyness, or pure laziness? What season are we in? And is that season actually distracting us from the urgency of the gospel? Has it distracted us? Like at one point, a majority of us in this room, that was so powerful that we gave our lives to it. Do you know what I mean? That, that story was so powerful that we're like, yes, I need Jesus in my life. But what, where are we at now? Is that important still there? Or is this just something that we did years ago? And I have to check in every single morning. There was like 11, 12, don't go time frames by me, but it was around that time that I, 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 this powerful moment actually happened. But is the urgency still there? I need to check in every single morning. So where are you at? Are you being distracted? Are we being distracted, distracted as a church? If we're not distracted, are we even aware that God is at work? Are we even aware that God is among us right now? As we're singing these songs, do we picture just a bunch of words and we're just going through it? Or do we picture God in a distant place? Or are we actually picturing God right here with us? Because He's not distant. He is working. He's actually working in people's lives right now. Jesus says, my Father is always at work. He's at work right now. Are we aware of that? Or are these the sort of things that just sort of come into our head because we've read them, that we're encouraging at a point, but now they're still just in our heads. And there were two uh, extremely significant times, uh, points in my relationship with Christ. Uh, first was, was obviously when, when I asked Christ into my life. 
right? That, like I said before, that was, that was life-changing, this reality that uh, heaven and hell was real. You know, I said to you, I went to the job site, so I was just like, guys, th- you know, this is so real, but you need to know the good thing about hell is that there's a Jesus Christ and what he's done. This was, this was just absolutely life-changing for me and it set the course for my life. The second most significant point in my faith, and I actually see this as very different points and uh, both just as powerful, is actually when I gave my life back to God. Up until this point, uh, and this is what was happening on the job site that day, um, I was rocking up and, and I was driven by passion. I was driven by urgency and drive and, and all that sort of stuff. But it was all the things that I could do. And I was constantly exhausted. I was constantly miserable because I, I knew the failings in my own life, right? And I wanted these people to see Jesus Christ, but people saw my life as meant to be a resemblance of Him. And I saw my life meant to be a resemblance of Jesus Christ. And I saw nothing but failure. And I tried to change and I tried to change and I tried to change and there was nothing that I could do that could ever actually take that away because I wasn't changing. And in that moment, I just came before the Lord. I said, I can't do it anymore. You know, what else can I do? I can't do it anymore. And it was just this act of surrender, like legitimately, it was surrender. But it wasn't just surrender of my ability. It was surrender of my life. Because I said, I had my life mapped out. I knew exactly what I was going to do in my head. And in that moment, I'm like, I'm sick of trying to create my life. Father, this is a, such a big deal to me. I want my life to be a vessel for this message. You know I, mean? I want to give you my life and everything that that means. And I surrender it all before you. And then I'll go wherever you call me to go. I'll be wherever you want me to be. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I've had to step out of insecurities time and time again because this message is that powerful. I'm not playing Christian here. I'm not playing church. This is everything to me. And this, is, this, is, this was my prayer as I was preparing for this message is, what if this was us as a church? As I, and that's what I'm saying. I just keep saying back as a church because it's not just about you individually. Look at the person next to you. Bring them with us. You know what I mean? Pray for each other. What if we as a church, we read verse 15, okay? So looking at verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What if we did that? What if our Sunday services were these times where we came together and we were just full of praise and awe of what we had just seen that week, the way that we were available, the way that we saw God moving, the conversations that we had, the lives that we'd seen changed? What if, and then we came on a Sunday and we just praised Him. We just had all this chatter about, hey man, you know, this is what I saw this week. This is the way that God worked through me this week or around me, whatever it was. And then we would, we would, while we're here, we would just be full of praise knowing He's going to do it again. He's going to be working again next week. And I want to be available to that. What if that was our church? Now we have a lot of cross-cultural missionaries within this church. and I, I love that. I, I love that about our church. And that, that we learn so much from it. But I think the biggest lesson that I've learned from doing uh, missions is it's not a postcode thing. It's not. It's, it's really down to our availability. And this is something that I need to, I, I keep coming back to day, every single day. Am I aware of Christ and am I, and am I available to Him? 
And I, uh, when, when I got married, um, oh, so I had just done two years of, of internship uh, here. Um, I actually did, I did two years overseas on a missions trip, came back here, did two years and as an intern. And we, then we got married um, and then I had a year off ministry, organised ministry. And I went into bricklaying full time and I'm just like, how can I go into this workplace after what I've just experienced? How can I just do lay bricks? You mean, like, how can I just do that? I'm not passionate about bricks. It's not something that I'm excited about. It's a brick, you know what I mean? You put it in a wall, great, good stuff, holds up the roof, it's good. It's not what I'm passionate about. How can I just go into that, into that day and, and do what I do? And so, and this was, you know, like I said, we have amazing missionaries in this church. And you guys, I just want to say right now, I want to affirm you and the work that you guys do. You have been such an encouragement to me uh, and just my availability to Christ here because I saw my, the, the job site as my mission field. I was like, I cannot just rock up and, and, and lay bricks and then go home. And so I had to really explore what does that look like? And, and a real turning point for me is because like, I was sick of doing work for God. I was so over that. Uh, I'd killed myself so many years. Um, literally, no. Uh, like, I just worn myself out like so many years trying to do stuff for God. Uh, I wasn't doing that again going back in here. Um, and then 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm not going to turn there, but it, wrestle with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's an amazing um, chapter. But talking about how this has really uh, smashed me. It just says that uh, God himself reconciled us through Jesus. Uh, and that, w- that was just huge because I was like, oh, wait a minute. So God's the one. So recon- reconcile means uh, repair the relationship. So God repaired the relationship between us and himself. God did that through Jesus Christ. Later on, uh, Jesus, uh, it says that Jesus, the ministry of reconciliation has now been gone from Jesus and has been given to us, Right? So if I look at that, and this is what I'm talking about, when I talk about ministry or if I talk about being used by God, I'm talking about this ministry of reconciliation, the repairing of relationship between God and people, okay? Because that's what we're about. That's the mission. And I see from these things, this, this chapter, that actually it's God the one that's doing it. And God's always at work. Again, we know this, but how much effort do we put into the things that we do? Um, so I'll rock up. I left work for work half an hour early every morning, which was not fun. I'm not a morning person. And tradies, you ridiculous hours. Just stop it. Um, and so, but I'll get up half an hour early and, and I'll go to the job site and I'll just pray and, and I'll just pray. And that was it. I was like, I don't know what else to do. I know that this has got to be God's ministry. I can't create something for him. Look, I could put on a nice program. I could do an early breakfast and try and build relationship. I'm not bagging any of this, by the way. I'm just sort of saying the things I was challenged with. So if you do that, that's amazing. But, um, uh, but I just prayed and I'm just like, Lord, I just surrendered to you again. And Chip Kirk, I always uh, repeat this as well, he just really challenged me as well in my internship days, um, was just saying, saying the prayer, Lord, I'm here and I'm ready and I'm available to be used by you. And I had to say the exact same thing in that seat before hopping up here. Um, I say that prayer every day still. And it was funny because uh, I would, nothing happened for a little while, right? I was just praying, I was praying. I was like, all right, I, for me, I think it was more of a test to not put in effort. I think I'm quite a driven person. Um, and so doing stuff is, is, it comes quite natural uh, for me. And so I think it was just the practice of just surrender and what that actually looks like for a while. And then all of a sudden, um, people started having conversations with me. 
I had one dude come up and ask me about uh, if he thinks if I think his son should get uh, baptized. He's like two years old. And then I was able to say, well, this is what baptism is. You know, and it's just like these things kept on happening. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm literally just praying and people are actually approaching me and asking me for stuff that I have no clue what I'm talking about. But these words came out. I was like, take that, mate. And it was amazing. It was this effortless ministry because it wasn't mine. You know, and this reality of God at work was becoming a reality for me. It was so real. And then after that, uh, uh, um, what, what actually happened was uh, another chippy mate of mine, we um, decided doing this pub crawl thing because um, uh, the church was doing Alpha Course. And we started doing this pub crawl thing. And we're just going around to different pubs in the area and we just tried to find the best palmer. That was, that was what we were doing. Literally, that's what we were trying to do was trying to find the best palmer in the area because we love our palmers. And, uh, and we just told all our workmates, we're like, come along, this is what we're doing, we're going to have this every fortnight or however uh, regular Alpha course was. And then uh, afterwards, like, look, we're going to the church, we're going to do this course, you're welcome to come or, or not, it's up to you. And people kept coming. We're like, these guys are crazy. They have no idea what this stuff is, but it was effortless. I ate chicken palmers and did ministry. It was amazing. Guys, go to the pub, it's great. But here what I'm trying to say is this effortless ministry, it's, it's well, effortless to a point. It's our act of surrender. It's our, it's our act of dependency on Christ. He is at work every time. And it's amazing when these things happen because you cannot bring it back to yourself. Anything that happened in that time, I can honestly and rejoicefully say, God did it. How do you get blokes to an alpha course after a pub meal? Like, how do you do that? You can't. If you can, well done. That's a good effort. But I haven't experienced that. Now, I think something's really important. Oh, actually, on that, before I move on. Now, who, I just want to raise my hands here. Who actually serves in some form? That could be vacuuming the carpets or um, serving within an actual, uh, sorry, that's a ministry. You know what I'm saying? Like, or in youth ministry or whatever else. Anyone that serves in this church in some capacity, can you just raise your hands for me? I just want to start and just say thank you so much. I'm genuine about this. I want to thank you so much for the service that you're doing here. And I am so honoured to serve with you. I genuinely mean that. Um, And God has been using you to bless this church in huge ways. And so I want to thank you for that. But I want to paint a picture. uh, And this is what I had to do for myself in in this year of of bricklaying. If we remove the ministry if we remove the, uh, the opportunity to serve within this church, if we move, remove the worship, if we remove the preaching, if we remove everything, and this is for you now, and you really need to, this is something that you have to reflect on for yourself. If, if we removed all of that, would you still be available to God? Like genuinely, would you? Like right now, where you are right now, would you be available to God? Would your relationship with God still be there? Would you be uh, eager and, and desire a relationship with him? And this is something that I had to ask myself because I couldn't rely on the people that I worked with anymore because, you know, working in the office, it's amazing. We, we pray together, we do devotions together, we challenge each other, we, we stretch each other. We didn't have that on the job site. So would you still do that? And this is where I'm looking at this sort of stuff, man. I'm seeing the, what the, Jesus is saying about going. I was like, you beaut. We have like how many people in here? I'm not going to count because I can't count anyway. We have this many people in here. We have this many missionaries right here. Do you mean? God has sent each and every one of us 
And it's not just, he hasn't just sent us with a bunch of information to give someone and try and convince people of the reality of who Jesus Christ is. He's just sent this bunch of people here. He's sent a bunch of people out to be available to him, to be a vessel in his hands. And that is it. And that's what's so amazing when I see these passages. It's like, let's do it. And one thing I just need to be really clear about this passage as well is, is a lot of people have looked at this and, and they got, have, uh, what do you say, distracted or missed the point, whatever it is, they haven't got it right. Um, and I think this is really important to bring out is in that time, so going back to Steve Irwin stuff, in that time uh, of bricklaying or in my time of ministry, I haven't seen half of these things happen. I have not drank poison before. I haven't. Well, I don't think I have. I, I don't touch snakes. Don't do it. You don't touch snakes either. It's stupid. But the point is, like, I think a lot of people look at these and say, that's our, that's our standard. That's what we need to be doing. If we, don't, if we don't pick up a snake, if we don't see healings, if we don't speak in tongues, if we don't do these things, where are the will of God? And that's really missing the point of this passage. You know, when I look at this passage, I don't look at it as a, I don't, I, I don't look at that section as a target. I look at that section as saying, how great and powerful is my God? So what is stopping me from actually going out and being available? Because if creation itself can't stop the creator, what's stopping me from being available? You know, and this just drives me so much more because when we come here on a service, when we go out into our week, who is it that we're actually, like, do we actually have an understanding of who God is? Oh man, I just want to stress this again. I get so distracted by my week. I seriously do. With two crazy kids, with workmates that are insane, none of them are here, so I can say this sort of stuff, but like, Seriously, work can be so busy. Life can be so busy. Life can be so hard. But my God is so worth every part of me. And this is the God that we worship. And so when I look at this, I want to draw back now and say what is so important about this passage from when I read this, why do I think this was so important that people had to add into it? Or, or make sure this was in there? And the message I, I read from this was, don't be distracted. Know where you're at. Be aware that God is, is moving, God is working. Be aware and available. I said that in the first one, but there's going to be two different points. So don't be distracted. Be aware and available. And the biggest thing that I get from this passage, like the number one thing, and it's in the very last verse, then the disciples went and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. It was his word, it was his work, it was his signs. Christ is in us, this mighty, powerful, loving God whose heart breaks for all these people that do not know him, that are surrounded by you, that surround you. His heart breaks for those people. And that is the point that I get from this. Christ in us. And so finishing up, um, and as I said, I was so, so pumped to be able to actually explore this as, as a church together. 
And I want to finish with, I hate just words. I, I, I don't like just saying things and that's for the sake of saying it, all right? So let's get practical. How about this week? We saw this week as us being sent, that Jesus Christ himself came in and said, all right, enough is enough. You, you, the, you're in the season you're in, but don't let it distract you. Now go. What if that was us tonight as a church? We responded to that this week and then next week we come back together and we just praise God and we thank God, not necessarily because we've seen a lot of stuff, but because we were available. And He's growing and stretching each and every one of us as we're available to Him. What if that was us this week? I want to ask for the band to come um, up and, and just start playing for us. That would be amazing. And, and I just want us to all stand. Now we're going to enter into a time of worship. And uh, I do want to respond. And I'm not, not, up, not come up the front response sort of a thing. But I believe it's a lot easier to forget, a lot harder to forget a response when there's an action involved. Again, I hate just words. I'm not a words person, you know. I really believe in action. And so what I want to do, and, and some of you here tonight might have no idea what I am talking about. It's like, this dude is crazy. I am, but um, yeah, it's a given. Thanks, mate. Encouragement. It's good. It's good stuff. But what I'm trying to tell you tonight, if you don't know what I'm talking about at all, is that Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you so, so much. He loves you so much that He took your sin. He took your shortcomings. Whatever it is that you hold on to, He's already taken it. And He's put it on a cross. And all you need to do is accept Him for it. And you might not have ever heard this before, but it's just a simple prayer. And all it is is say, Heavenly Father, will You come into my life? Will You forgive me of my sins and be my Lord? And if that is you tonight, please come up and share with me afterwards. I'd love to meet you and love to welcome you into this family. But for everyone else, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes. And I know this is cheesy stuff, but this is just so everyone else can have the confidence to respond in their own way. So you can just close your eyes. If you want to answer to the call of Jesus Christ, that He has given each and every one of us to go and make disciples, to be available to Him. If you want to answer the call to be a vessel in His hands, to be available to every, anywhere that He calls you to be, to make that, to make that declaration is, yes, Lord, I give you my life. I hand it back to you. No longer am I going to try and control these things that are inside. These desires that I have, I surrender to you. If you want to respond right now, I just want to ask that you just raise your hands. If you want to respond to this call of Jesus Christ, I just want to ask that you raise your hands. Everyone close your eyes. Let's give these eyes some privacy. Father God, may you just lead us. May you guide us. May you just fill us with this passion in our hearts to know that there is a world that don't know you, Father. Help us to see beyond ourselves and to know that the people that you submerge us with, they are lost and broken and hurting people, Father. Break our heart for what breaks yours. Father God, help us to surrender our effort. Help us to just know who you are. Help us to know that you are at work. Every single second of the day, wherever we are, you are at work. Open our eyes to what you are doing. Father, lead us into that place where we can just know you more. 
Father, I want to protect, ask for protection over works and effort. Father, if this message is put in people's minds to, to do more stuff, Father, I just pray that you just cast that out in Jesus' name. Father, help us to see the importance of being available and to knowing you more and abide in you for your glory to happen through our lives. Thank you, Father. Amen. So during this song, um, this is time for you to continue in that uh, posture of response or whatever you want to say. And go on your knees, raise your hands. Let's remember who it is that we're worshipping tonight and remember who we've just responded to. You haven't just responded to a Blair message. You've responded to our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't let the restrictions of awkwardness in this building of how people might see you restrict you from how you're going to worship God right now and how He wants you to actually respond. But be sent. Know He is with you and rejoice in Him always.